yeah, having my head shoved into the uh, steps of the Ulster Bank in Ranelagh, cold butt of a gun put into the back of your skull. That's a moment where you go, okay, yeah, I think this one's up. How does a high-flying academic become one of Ireland's most prolific bank robbers? What I would see is the most important part of this still lies open. I'm not here to hurt you. A brand new series from the award-winning team behind the Indo Daily. That November day, that's where it all, all begins. Out now, wherever you get your podcasts. Shachtan, an Indo Askeliga. Time imon irok the yen of chacht erachor. Agus suligam a makan sha gurfeder erachor inuik kiart len of winter fein. Skilti fis turmi. Tashe dochretche nach vetoch ara egornamian on kestchen ekol. Vien talam aginam griv arkar nrachtum. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. This is an Irish independent podcast. Can 2023 be any more dramatic than 2022 in the world of tech? Well, yes, it can. I'm Adrian Weckler, and this is the first Big Tech Show episode of 2023. And we're going to be telling you what to expect in crypto, iPhones, AI, Twitter, the metaverse, and a lot more. We'll also go through some of your tech problems. Tabitha Monaghan, Happy New Year. Happy New Year. How are you feeling? Good. Looking forward to another year with a Big Tech Show. Mm Mm-hmm. That's fantastic, isn't it? <laughs> Another 52 episodes. Yay. People don't realize that this is the only tech podcast in Ireland, probably the only news-related podcast in Ireland that's actually been going for over five years and we've never missed an episode. Never missed an episode. You won't miss an episode either. No. I mean, there won't all be brilliant episodes. I shouldn't say that. You was, can't say that. There was one crap episode I did, I remember, in the first year. It was really awful. I, I phoned it in from a hotel room. I think we dipped it by about 20% that, <laughs> uh, that time. But uh, they've all been fantastic since then. And they're going to be brilliant uh, this year. Now, before we get into the main stuff, it's been a turbulent week uh, this week. There's been two big stories that have broke yesterday yep. um, in terms of what's happening in tech. I think we'll take the first one, which is the massive fine that was issued to Meta by mm-hmm. the Data Protection Commission here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely huge. Two Two separate fines, in fact, rolled into one. 210 million euro for Facebook and 180 million euro for Instagram. And that was for a rather technical reason when GDPR was introduced uh, in 2018, those companies tried to update the terms and conditions and force users into it by telling you to push I accept or you didn't have access to the services anymore. And some people complained and that led to a big process. And eventually uh, they've been fined 390 million euro There's a couple of interesting elements to this. Number one, it now means that Meta has been fined 1.3 billion euro over the last 16 months in Ireland, which is kind of interesting. It is. Do you think that that changes the mindset that Ireland is soft on big tech? Well, I do. I do think so. But also the money goes to Pascal Donoghue. It goes straight. That's where it goes. It goes goes right into into our pockets. Okay. In theory, the more we find Meta, you know, 
the more we make. It's it's always been a weird tension that way. Yeah, but it, it I mean, you would say, okay, it needs to happen though, regardless of who gets the money. Mm. I mean, it, it has there has to be. A yeah, but regardless there. of who gets the money, like that's it's actually quite an interesting point of who gets the money, mm. because if you let's say are Germany or France or maybe a smaller country, say like Holland, and you, you know, Meta has huge power over there, and they keep getting fined, and all of the money goes to Ireland. Yeah. I mean, we, we've actually, we're actually kind of rich in terms of the money we're getting from big tech because we're not only getting the corporate taxes, we're now getting the fines. Well, anyway, that's one element of it. The other is that there's a huge row now between the Irish regulator and European regulators over this. Um, and we might go that into that in more detail uh, on a different episode. But 390 million euro. It, it's just, it's kind of interesting though, because these stories now, two or three years ago, this would made worldwide news. That's it. This has happened quite a few times. It, it happened has. a few times last year and we've kicked off the new year with another one. Yeah. Are we going to see more than this year, do you think? Yes, I'm pretty sure we will. No doubt about it. No doubt. I'd say I'd be amazed if we didn't get up to about two billion in fines by the end of the year. So the second one again, which is almost like a follow on from what happened last year, Salesforce which employs over 2,000 people mm. here, they've announced job cuts. Job cuts worldwide. So Mark Benioff, the founder and co-CEO of that company, says it's going to be 10% cut across the its global workforce. Haven't specifically said what that will mean for Dublin yet. But if you'll recall, Salesforce, like Meta, just built up this huge new campus on the Docklands with room for, I think, over 3,000 people. Um, people I've spoken to in the company overnight who are very nervous and very worried say that they are expecting to have meetings with their managers, but there has been no decision made yet. So there's no the indication about how this decision is going to impact Ireland? No specific um, clarified information. There are signals and signs, but nothing that you could say is concrete yet. And are they saying why? Yeah. He said exactly why he's using exactly the same pot boiler mm. excuse as everyone else. He said that they hired too much during the pandemic and now the economics don't. But it's a worrying trend that has continued into 2023 now with this news. Going on to what we are mm -hmm. going to talk about now, which is what to expect in 2023. Do you think, like the fines that we can expect, you think is going to happen uh, this year? Do you think more layoffs is going to happen this yep. year as well? It's going to be a difficult, another difficult year for tech. We're definitely going to have more tech layoffs. Um, the now Taoiseach, he was then tarnished to Leo Radker a few weeks ago, said he was expecting cuts of, you know, between 10 and 15 percent in other companies in Ireland. From what I'm seeing, there's quite a few companies that are just not hiring anymore or that are not replacing people or that are letting maybe 10 people go or 20 people go. But it's not newsworthy enough really to report on. But still anymore. problematic when you take it as a whole. Yeah, absolutely. There's a couple of big companies to watch. Google, uh, Apple and TikTok are probably the three most important ones because none they have not released anybody. And TikTok is the big buzz company at the moment. It's still increasing from 2,000 to 3,000. Apple has 6,000 in Cork and Google has I think 9,000, including contractors in Dublin. If any of those three start to let people go, you'll know that it's a very, very serious contraction. One of the companies that did announce that people were going to lay off, though, was Facebook. Significant Meta, for Ireland. Yeah. Sorry, Meta, which is significant for Ireland. Is I want to ask you about the metaverse, because I would think Facebook, sorry, Meta took a serious hit last year. 
that impacted employees and the amount of staff that they had. Do you think this year is the year that Metaverse has to work in order for Facebook to survive? It certainly has to give a very clear um, signal that it is on track and it's working and there's significant interest in it because this is the year that Apple is expected to launch its mixed reality glasses. Now, anytime Apple launches a piece of hardware, as often as not, it blows everything else out of the water in terms of adoption and in terms of people who buy it, maybe not in terms of the technology. Facebook has spent an awful long time and a lot of money, well over $10 billion, trying to develop its metaverse uh, concept, its platform, and its glasses, its its Oculus uh, VR glasses. And there's been very tepid interest, in fairness, uh, so far. Now, that doesn't mean it's going to be a flop. Um, there is a lot of reasonable evidence to suggest that there is a platform in the near future which could be based in virtual reality. But there is as much evidence to say that there simply aren't enough people interested in it as well. But you're right. I think your basic uh, premise there is right. Something has to happen this year. And they're not the only ones who are offering that kind of a space either. No, there's there's several others, mostly in the world of work. You, you could actually have virtual meetings on a number of different systems yeah. with people in work. But have you ever tried one? No, I've only seen the videos of the metaverse and I've looked at it and gone, I'm just not interested in that at all. It is so basic looking and it, it just looks like more hassle, especially mm. if you're going to have a meeting. You just want to get it over and done what with. What would you it don't... take, do you think, to get interested in it? Like what would have to happen? What would be a trigger that might get you interested? I think my problem is that I can't, I still can't really get my head around it. I know and we've had on people on the podcast before who've talked about, you know, doing your shopping on the metaverse, all that kind of thing. And I just, I just can't believe it. Do but you know? Is and I there think that's a my social issue. platform use to it, perhaps, that you can imagine? It's hard. This is a difficult question to ask because there's nothing there. So you, you're trying mm. to have to project but if friends, for example, were hanging out, is is there any chance you might use with them? I don't know. I don't. I because I feel like now, and you I'm be not seeing them. Uh huh. You'd be seeing their I, digital avatar. Yeah, I don't want to. I don't think I want to do that. Like I haven't really got on the the TikTok wave at all, just because I see the amount of people who spend time on it, and I don't want to spend more time mm. online. If I want to see people, I want to see them in person. I mean, I did the Zoom thing well, during COVID and during lockdown. Maybe, maybe in those mm. situations where there were, where I literally can't see people or there's people abroad. And if it is as good as, then yeah, maybe I might consider it. But do you think that you will keep spending as much time on social platforms in general? Do you see any of that time reducing or? Yeah, I'm, I, do I, I don't spend a huge amount of time on Twitter anymore. Okay. I don't, I'm not really, like I deleted the app over Christmas and I actually haven't gotten it back since. I just forgot. I to think do you're it. not alone there. You know, I just, just because I just wasn't interested. I, I've noticed a lot of bots. I, I've mm. I've shown you the amount of bots that come into DMs and like, I have no followers. It's going to get worse as well, by the way, because Elon Musk's uh, company has just announced that they're going to loosen their advertising rules. So they're going to allow what they call more cause-based advertising. Now, the reason that they were restricted in the first place, because you ended up having all sorts of dodgy ads for uh, very, very dodgy things mm -hmm. uh, on it. Um, but it, it looks like it might get worse. But things like Instagram, you do, you you still mm. use Instagram? I do. I, I use Instagram all the time. That's the, I, I look for like house inspiration or something. On do you Instagram. have screen time on your phone? Do you, yes. do you, do you know how much you measure? How yes. Much time you spend? And I, what I've done is, I don't know if anybody else has done that where you have, you can restrict the amount of time that you spend on an app. So you set the amount of hours. I think I've given myself maybe five hours a day to use it. But I use that for work as well. You know, mm. trying to, you know, looking for people for podcasts. 
I try and restrict it as much as possible now because I just find I like I although I'm not on TikTok, the platforms like YouTube or Instagram that have those constant feeds that you can just continue, continually look at new content constantly. I get myself sucked into that and I can't stand that. What the metaverse is competing with is your time yeah. spent on other things. And increasingly, that is Netflix, Disney Plus, it's books. Physical books are making a comeback. Really? Oh, yeah. yeah. Not What about Kindle? Kindle too, yeah. yeah. But there's, I mean, there's a well-documented thing now, BookTok, you've probably seen that, where there are shops in Dublin, for example, that have special displays set up based on organic conversations that have become mm. trended on TikTok, mostly teenage girls. Okay. Um, That's a benefit then. Well, but it's just to say that that wasn't as big of a thing five or six years ago. So that's yeah. a certain amount of time reading a book. Yeah. Instagram is a certain amount of time. TikTok, a certain amount of time. Mm-hmm. Um, news apps w- will take a certain amount of time. A newspaper, if there's anyone there who still uh, reads them, I'd like to think there. Actually, we know there are because we, we have the sale. So we know that some of you buy newspapers. Um, you know, TV. These are all things that the metaverse really has to compete with. So, But would you do it? Would you go on to the metaverse? I mean, I know probably to a certain extent you have to do it for the job. You'll have to know what's going on, but would you voluntarily use it? It would have to be some, it would have to be entertainment. I can't think of any other reason I would do it. And Mark Zuckerberg thinks that we're going to do it for work. But among his own company, few enough of his own staff, even though they're given an Oculus headset, uh, have actually used it for for work meetings. Nobody I know in Facebook or Meta in Dublin really uses it for meetings. In Accenture, uh, which signed a deal with them, very few of them use it now for for meetings as well. So I don't know. I I'm trying to get myself away from screens, but that's not typical. Most people say that they want to get away from screens, and but they actually they don't. Yeah, and they don't even necessarily want to. Yeah, they just they're sick of some something they've done or seen themselves with screens. But um, so it, it may still work, but it's just hard to see a path for it at the moment. What about cryptocurrency? We saw towards the end of the year, Sam Bankman-Fried, he was arrested. He was he was brought back to the States from the Bahamas. What's going to happen then with cr- cryptocurrency? Because I think what that story did was it, it showed how volatile cryptocurrency can be sometimes. I mm. mean, Okay, it, there was always a little bit of risk in in buying Bitcoin or whatever it was. Do you think people are a little bit more aware now? Is there going to be less investment in cryptocurrency? Do you think people are going to be as trusting of it? No, I think all of those answers can be uh, questions can be answered skeptically. I mean, we say it every year. It's always an existential moment, an existential crisis for crypto. I think right now, even more so forever, and possibly because some of the things that people really thought were, uh, you know, symbolized the the growth of crypto into other areas like NFTs um, have come crashing down. For example, Justin Bieber bought a Bored Ape Yacht Club yes. NFT, a JPEG basically, mm-hmm. for $1.3 million this time last year. By the end of 2022, it was worth just $70,000. So he lost something like 95% of the value of that. A lot of football clubs have seen the same thing. You'll often see um, football clubs um, try to advertise digital collectibles and they, by and large, don't hold their value. Uh, The kind of the era of the get rich quick may be over. Now, we've had people on this podcast before who've said, no, 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 you're interpreting this wrong. 
we're just in another winter of crypto. We're just in at the bottom of another cycle. It's going to go up again. And they point to what's happened to the rest of the stock market, for example. You know, Tesla's down 70%, Apple's down 30%, Google's down 40%. They, they say that when those stocks pick up, you'll see an uptick in crypto as well. I don't know for certain. I do think that there will still be people who, uh, who, who are interested in crypto uh, this year because I've spoken to enough of them and I do believe them. They genuinely believe that's an alternative to, um, to established economic systems. The, I have colleagues in here in the Irish Independent who think that's absolute nonsense and thinks it's just a big Ponzi scheme. But the point is, no matter what they think and no matter what the Irish Central Bank says, if you get enough people who believe in the thing, yes. then it'll continue. So it's but, hard to know really what will happen this year with yeah, crypto. It's 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 very hard to know. I know that I, for journalistic purposes, bought a hundred euro of Bitcoin and Ether uh, about a year, year and a half ago, and it's now worth I think I, I'm down about fifty or sixty percent. Okay, and I can't expense that either. <laughs> what about tech releases this year? Is there anything you're looking forward to? Apple's mixed glasses, mixed review glasses. I'm both looking forward to it and dreading it because I know I'm going to have to review it and I know I'm going to have to make sense of it. Can you explain what they are? I don't, I, what are they? Yeah, exactly? so mixed reality is different to virtual reality in that virtual reality, you put on a headset and you're completely immersed in that world. You're on a virtual roller coaster and you start to feel sick. Um, you have all the sensations that you would normally feel. Mixed reality, it's like having a normal pair of glasses on and you can see what you would normally see in front of you, but now you can also see a layer of digital artifacts in front of you. So if I'm looking at you and I push a button, I might be able to see you in a pirate's costume or something, or you might be able to look around a room and you'd suddenly be in a video game with characters that are interacting with, you know, whatever it is, a table chair or whatever it is. Um, and... Pokemon was a very, very early version of this. You'd see right. teenagers walking oh, around yes. with their phones. Pokemon Go. Yeah, Pokemon Go. Well. Uh, so that's... So that, again, it's entertainment. I don't... Like, how would that fit into someone's everyday life? Apple has tried to position it already with their iPads for things like measuring tools or making okay. furniture fit into your room virtually before you buy it. Um and things like that. Again, there's been very, very, very limited, then. very limited, and very limited interest in it as well. It's a big bet. It's, it's one of those things that's either going to be a huge hit or it's going to go down in flames. It's not going to be like AirPods and the Apple Watch. When the Apple Watch came out, quite a few people slagged it off. It became the best-selling watch in the world by a long way. I mean, there's nothing has come close to it in terms of any type of watch. What about the Facebook glasses? How did they do? By and large, they've been a flop, okay. I would say. And they, it was such bad press and PR. Yeah. I reviewed them. Yes. I still have a pair of them. Um, they record you, you know, for 30 seconds, mm -hmm. but you don't know that they're recording because there's no flashing red light. Yeah. Um, and they can take pictures as well. They actually look good, though. Yeah, well, yeah, but they're based on Ray-Bans, so. They're based I mean, on Ray-Bans, yeah. It's and it's actually not a not bad a deal. I think they cost around 300 quid or so, late 200s. But the same style of glass, almost exactly the yeah. same style of glass without the speakers or the cameras costs like 220 euros. So. Yeah. Okay. Anything else? Uh, the other thing I would mention is on iPhones, this is the year we're going to get USB-C. So oh, yes. If you have an big old, year for Apple. Yeah. If you have an, a big year for Apple, if you, if you have an old iPhone charger, uh, it's going to be, you're going to have to throw it out. If I have the old one, I have a 12 sitting in front of me yeah. now. What yeah. do you mean? I'm not going to have to throw that out. If you, if you update to a 15 when it comes out. 
Oh. None of your chargers will yeah. work with it. Okay. So I'll just have to buy a whole new set of chargers. Yeah. And there's some suggestion that it may not even be USB-C. It may be wireless charging, which in my view would be a total pain in the neck because yeah. if you're trying to charge it on the go, then yeah. you can't do it via a portable gadget, etc. But I don't think so. I think it'll be USB-C. Okay. We have a few Ask Adrian questions in mm-hmm. as well. Uh, I'm going to kick off with an actually a very January one. I'm looking for a decent fitness tracker, something that does more than just count steps. Are there other options than an Apple Watch and how reliable are they? Yeah, a couple ones. Fitbit is usually the one that people will go to because it's a nice kind of elegant little slim aesthetic on your watch. You're not broadcasting that you're wearing a computer on your watch. They tend to cost about... Uh, 130 euro the Fitbit charge model is good the the small little Fitbits uh, looks is not bad as well um, if you want to go cheaper than that believe it or not Huawei has a pretty good one it's called the Huawei Band 7 it's 60 euro um, nice screen on it good battery life a few days and if you want something a little bit more developed um, you go for maybe the Garmin Venue 2 which costs around 250 euro on the last part of that question, though, how reliable are they? Okay, the the steps fine. Is there some kind of questions over maybe if you're do, out for a run, it tells you how many calories you've burned? That yeah, kind of thing. it will derive that yeah. from your from the steps and the activity you're doing. Some of them from Fitbit and Garmin will now tell you, for example, how stressed you are, and they'll do that based on a combination of sensors and also looking at your at how it reacts basically with your sweat, your perspiration. They'll, they'll can tell more complex things about, uh, about you. There are others still will use the same sensors to help you if you're planning family in okay. terms of for women, mm-hmm. in terms of ovulation and yeah. things like that. Uh, but um, in general, they, they mostly do the same thing. The basic ones that cost from 50 quid up will track your steps and will track your running. They'll track your cycling, stuff like that. The more you spend, the better the screen you get, the more sensors uh, you get, uh, the more hardcore it becomes. Next one, I've read about Netflix preventing password sharing. Is this really going to happen? And do you think the rest of the streaming services will continue to do that as well? That's a funny one because they're really going to track down on it now this year. But I know a lot of families and extended families that, you know, some of them will pay for the Netflix, others will pay for the Disney Plus, others Mm. will do the Paramount, you know, and then they share it and they all Mm. use the same things. Is that is that the end of it now for this year? I think there's going to be a lot of pressure on that model because... None of the companies minded when all of their subscription bases were booming. So Netflix, yes. I think, has something like 220 million users worldwide. That kept going up by 20 million, 30 million every year. They didn't mind. Now it's not going up anymore. You've got scenarios where one house might pay, you know, 15 euro for Netflix and nine houses yeah. use it. And from Netflix's point of view, they're kind of saying, well, why would we allow this? You're not actually allowed to do that under Netflix's terms and conditions. How are they going to crack down on this, though? A couple of ways. They could try to do it. They could limit it to your IP address, which is, you know, your basically your household, your internet connection at home. And if there's a connection to the service outside the IP address, maybe your primary email uh, address gets, or your mobile number, gets a code, and maybe you have to enter that code. And that would knock out all your ex-girlfriends and your ex-boyfriends for sure. 
Um, I mean, I have some sympathy for Netflix here because uh, my Spotify was hacked over Christmas. Oh. And it was hacked by somebody uh, who kept using it on Katie's room speaker. No way. Yes. Now, I have suspicion as to uh, how it got hacked, but nevertheless, suspicion I tried Suspicion of who it was? I never found out who it was. I, I tried all my normal investigative techniques and they didn't work. It's possible that someone in the family may have shared it with their friends and then they may have shared it. Could you see what they were playing? Yes. And that was the thing. It was absolutely screwing up my my Spotify algorithms. Uh, it was a mixture of things like Mariah Carey. Oh. Uh, and then also, bizarrely, the Fury Brothers. So... All of which is to say that uh, I was paying for at least one other person, maybe lots of other per- people, to enjoy Spotify. Now, that annoyed me a little bit. I yeah. wouldn't mind as much if it was my mother or yeah. somebody like that. So I think that Netflix will crack down. I think the, then the rest will crack down after that as well. Okay, and the last one, this is from Josephine Quinlan. I want to give my 10-year-old goddaughter a device that can play Spotify music, but that she can't use for YouTube or the rest of the internet. Is there something that can do this? Not really, oh. uh, unfortunately. It's a good question, though, because you do want to be able to give kids yeah. that selective access to the internet. So the thing about Spotify is that it really depends on you streaming. So it has to have connection to the internet. Now, you could preload something and make yeah, and make it available as an offline device. But really, you're talking about getting something like a really cheap Android phone, like, you know, an Alcatel or something like that for under 100 quid. And then you're talking about getting, using the, the Android's parental controls uh, to block access to things like YouTube and Google, if, if that's the route you want to go down. If what you're worried about is that your kid will access stuff that you don't want them seeing, you just really try and get ahead of it, use the parental controls and block everything that you think they might uh, they might uh, want to see. Anyway, some interesting questions there. If you have any more questions for us in this podcast, you can email me directly at aweckler at independent.ie. I'm also on Twitter at Adrian Weckler, still on Twitter at Adrian uh, Weckler. But for the moment, that is all we have time for. Thanks to Tabitha Monaghan, producer who is here as always, and also to uh, Gavin Hennessy, who has been on sound this week. For me, Adrian Weckler, I will talk to you same time next week. Bye-bye.